Today on Your Wellness, we'll be talking about healthy grieving and how someone can cope with life's most difficult experience. We will hear a personal story of grief, chat with a counselor who has provided grief support for many years, and hear inspiring words from a reverend doctor. All that and more is coming up on Your Wellness. Welcome back. I'd like to introduce my first guest, Liz Spooner-Young. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you. You have an extraordinary story of resilience, and which includes, which includes grief. Maybe you can tell us your story and how you overcame it. Well, um, about 24 years ago, um, I lost my husband. Uh, he was out jogging, and uh, it... Uh, it, it was something that I never expected was going to happen that soon in my life. We were only 39 years old, and um, we'd been married for 22 years, had a great life. Um, things were awesome. We had a family business. We had three healthy children. We just invested in a triplex for our future retirement. We'd done everything right, so we thought. Um, we were busy in the community, we were in hockey arenas with our kids, and in the summer we were sailing in Georgian Bay, and, and life couldn't be better. And uh, one, one night we came home from a hockey tournament and he decided to go for uh, his nightly run. And you have to remember, he was in shape. Um, being 39 years old, he was very active. He was a diver, a pilot, a martial artist. He was a full-time business owner in the city, and uh, and fitness was really big in his life. And he was uh, he, he just ate well, wasn't overweight, all of the right things. Even had an annual physical the year before. And doctor told him that he was he was fine. He was he had a great heart. Everything was good. And then he went out for a jog, and uh, he passed away in the driveway, uh, April tenth, nineteen ninety four. And um, my life changed. Yeah, I have no doubt. And it was it was uh, it was tough. It was tough because all of a sudden, uh, the picture perfect life wasn't there anymore, and I was left with three children, twenty one, fifteen, and eleven. And I had a part time job, and all of a sudden, I had to rearrange my future. Mm -hmm. So um, I had to find full time work. I sold my share of the business, got rid of the sailboat. Um, tried to find places to go to uh, get counseled. There wasn't much going on at that time. Uh, they had Sunday night meetings above the funeral home. They had one monthly meeting with the Bereavement Foundation. There wasn't a, a lot of places for a 39-year-old widow to go to, to get um, advice, support, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. And back then, that's 24 years ago now, um, I, I, I would do things to keep myself occupied, go to the fitness, go to a gym and talk to a counselor, not not work out, just talk. Mm -hmm. And uh, there wasn't even counseling for, for my children at that time. And I didn't know who to talk to because everywhere I went, everybody who was a widow was in their 60s, 70s. They weren't in their 30s. So um, yeah, I had to make some severe changes and uh, went through a lot of ups and downs, depression, um, didn't want to work. Uh, there was a lot of of, uh, of things that I had to deal with, and it took a long time to get on my feet. And I 
I, I just feel like 24 years later, there's so much more to offer people that are going through what I went through, and there's a lot more women and men that are widows at a much younger age now than there was back then. And with the experience that I've gone through, I always felt like I, I just want to help the people out there that are going through what I did um, and offer whatever I can as far as advice through the struggles that I encountered to make me uh, reach where I am today. Um, I'm in a good place today. That's good. That's good to hear. It took a long time to get there, but I got there, and I never gave up. Um, maybe at the beginning I did, but I didn't uh, as time progressed. Liz, is there something specific that you learned through this experience that would have helped you recover maybe sooner, or is there something that you did that actually really helped? What stands out that was helpful or what you learned from this experience? Um, I think... I learned to I learned to not give up. I I learned uh, a lot of things that probably had someone taught them to me back then. I wouldn't have done as quickly as I did. I sold my house right away. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. um, I spent money foolishly trying to fill a void. Um, I, I I just I had my kids. I was grateful for my kids because at that time when I was off work, uh, it got to a point where they retaliated and said, listen, if you're not going to go back to work, we're not going back to school. Mm. And so, yeah, I learned a lot of things. That's but a tough uh, lesson. I think just not giving up was the biggest lesson I learned. What can you do to healthily grieve in a healthy way with your lifestyle <laughs> habits? Is there something that you learned to incorporate into your lifestyle so that you could recover in a healthy manner? Uh, well, sleeping, getting sleep, eating well, uh, getting fitness, even if it's a walk, mm -hmm. um, embracing your faith is big for me. Uh, I, being able to express yourself. If you want to cry, cry. Mm -hmm. Like, don't okay. hold it in just because somebody else might feel uncomfortable. Too bad. You know, I just, I, that's, that's how I feel is, it, is the right way to be able to cope. Do you feel like you'd like to help others? It, it sounds like you'd like to help others um, learn from your experience or things that you, you struggled with and kind of prevent someone else from suffering as long as you might have. Is there something you'd like to do for other men or women that are grieving? Well, I, I think when we met earlier, I had told you I always wanted to write a book about my experience. I feel I have lots to offer. And with social media out there now, um, I created a, a page, a private page. It's a group of women. It's called Widows Moving Forward. Mm -hmm. And there's about 24 women that are part of this group. We're a support group. And we didn't have the Internet back then like we do today. And so it's a great opportunity to be able to share, um, express how you're feeling, celebrate, um, and all of these women, whether they sit back or they participate, all feel like we're, we're there to support each other, and it's for all ages. And there are young women, middle-aged, older ladies that are mm -hmm. recently grieving, have grieved for 10 or 15 years or longer. So it's a really good cross-section, but I find it's extremely helpful. And what are you doing today so that you remain healthy and happy as you move forward? I'm pretty active, Lisa. You know, I'm, uh, I have a full-time job. Um, I'm a, a full-time grandparent, and uh, I, I, I'm busy in the community. I volunteer. I just keep busy, and, um, you know, I still honor Andy through all these years, mm -hmm. and uh, we celebrate uh, when it's his birthday, and, uh, you know, we, we just honor him through different occasions and stuff we never forget, and uh, I would just, but I still keep really, really busy. 
and I think that's the that's the key. That's the key. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you are recovering and you have found peace and joy and still honoring Andy's legacy. And thank, thank you. you for sharing your story. Thank you. After the break, we will talk to Madeline Sovey, a counselor and grief recovery specialist, who will talk about how you can help yourself when you're grieving. Next on Your Wellness. Hi, and welcome back. I'd like to introduce my next guest, Madeline Sovey. Welcome to the show, Madeline. Thank you, Lisa. Now, you've been, in, you've been offering grief support for some time. Let me know why you decided to get into this line of work. Well, in 2004, I started working at the Sudbury Regional Palliative Care Association, and I saw a lot of sadness and a lot of grief, and it was really heartbreaking. And one of my greatest strengths is I do have compassion, and that was an area that I could help these people with in guiding them through their grief journey. Do you find it rewarding? Absolutely. Um, it's rewarding because when you tell someone the effects of grief, you see the relief in their eyes because many people think that they're losing it when they're grieving. Mm -hmm. And when they see that it's normal, um, they sort of feel relieved. And then as they work through their grief, you see little rays of sunshine entering their life. And the memories that tore them apart now brings a smile to their face. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Um, has there been a, there must have been a lot of rewarding experiences you've encountered. Are, are there any that you'd like to share with us today? Well, I uh, recently started a, a grief support group for parents who have lost children, mm. which is a very, very difficult loss. And so uh, through this group, we educate and support. It's mostly women, but men are welcome as well. Uh, but again, you see them growing through their process. And that's, that's the nice part, is when someone is willing to work through their grief, um, that they move forward and they grow as an individual because when you have loss, you're changed for life. Mm -hmm. So the nor it's, a, it's like a new normal now for them? Absolutely. Are there different types of grief or do people uh, grieve differently? What could it look like? What are the differences? Well, I will talk about four different types of grief. There's your natural grief, of course, when you lose a person you love. But we can't forget that grief affects us any time we have a loss in our life. It could be the loss of a job. It could be a separation or a divorce, the loss of a pet. You still go through a lot of emotions. So that's the natural uh, grief. And on the most part, grief doesn't usually require uh, you to see a professional. If you have good coping skills, you can work through your grief. The second type is ambiguous grief, and this is what I do at the present time, is I work with caregivers who have a loved one that has a dementia. Mm -hmm. And this grief is often not recognized because the person is still alive, mm -hmm. but that caregiver is losing the person slowly. So both the person living with dementia and the caregivers go through the ambiguous grief, but it's not often recognized because they think the person is still alive. Right. 
So that brings me to the next one, which is disenfranchised grief. That is grief that is not acknowledged, um, like perhaps a miscarriage or the loss of a pet, that people don't feel that the person is grieving. And the last type is the anticipatory grief. That is when someone is diagnosed with a terminal illness, and that person and her family uh, grieve before the person dies. Grief is a very unique journey. It's very important that you don't compare to someone else, even if it's a similar loss, mm -hmm. because it depends a lot on the relationship mm -hmm. that person uh, had with the individual. Was it a sudden loss? Was it a suicide? Were there in unresolved um, conflicts? So again, it's, uh, grief is as unique as the individual. I didn't realize there were so many different types. Mm -hmm. That makes it easier to understand. Does yes. it allow you to support them differently, knowing the differences? Do you handle your conversations or your support differently? At the Alzheimer's Society, I do offer uh, an ambiguous grief group as well. And what we do is we look at what has changed since the diagnosis, because people often look at the primary loss, but there are so many secondary losses involved. So for them, you teach them that every time they have a loss, um, that it's, that they're feeling the grief, it's because there's been a change, either in the person or in themselves. Is there a common message that you find supports them overall that you can, support, maybe educate someone else to help someone else grieving? Is there a common message that maybe we could learn if we're not a grief counselor to help someone who else might be grieving? Um, a person, grief comes in waves. And the more that the person recognizes that it's a wave of grief, then they could get the tools they need to feel the emotions. And we're all different in that way. We all feel our emotions differently. For some people, they may want to talk to someone. Some people cry. Some people paint. Some people journal. We all have our own ways of getting through these waves. And these waves happen at the worst places. It could be at the grocery store and all of these emotions come up. And I think the key is while you're in a wave of grief is to allow yourself to feel the emotions, but also, which is very important, is the self-care. Because during that time, it's imperative that you take care of yourself and that you don't isolate. Because it's very easy to want to isolate. But it's important to be able to reach out to people and ask for support. And sometimes it could be a friend that's a good listener that will not judge you for what you're feeling. Now, you, you, you um, referenced the wave. Does mm -hmm. that mean that it could come back? Or is, that, is there an end to that wave? How does that Well, reflect? once you're bereaved, you're bereaved for life. And that wave may come 20 years from now. Okay. You hear a song, you eat a certain food, you smell something, and brings up all of those emotions. Mm, okay. And again, the key is to give yourself permission to feel those emotions and to take care of yourself 
while you're in that wave. So like you said, it, it doesn't ever go away completely. Well, it changes. It changes. It changes. It, you know, the, um, at first, when it first happens that you lose someone, um, grief affects you in so many ways, intellectually, emotionally, socially, financially, um, and it's, you know, it's hard for them to cope at first, but as they do their work, and they, they use these tools to let out their emotions, then they change. Mm. And I think the biggest gift of grief is that they discover who they are. I really like your, um, your take on grief and supporting them in different ways and having that mm -hmm. respect and patience. And I like the analogy of the wave. Mm -hmm. So thank you for all that you do for others that need your support. Thank you, thank you so much. Thanks, Lisa. It's time for us to take a quick break here on Your Wellness, and when we come back, we will talk to Reverend Dr. Jeremy Mahood, who will share his unique perspective on healthy grieving. Your Wellness will be right back. Hi, and welcome back. I'd like to introduce my next guest, Reverend Dr. Jeremy Mahood. Thank you for coming to the show, Jeremy. You're welcome. Now, tell us, tell us a little bit about you and your work. I've uh, been a pastor uh, for 40 years. And for almost 30 of those years, I have uh, dealt specifically with uh, traumatic incidences, which would include, you know, the loss of a spouse or the loss of a child. And uh, that's kind of a specialty that I've uh, focused my life around and helping people find faith in the middle of their grief. And how can you help someone find a healthy perspective after grief or while going through grief? You know, I think people need to grasp what's going on inside them first. And, um, you know, your other two guests really gave some wonderful pictures of, uh, you know, waves and coping. And uh, I like to look at life like uh, a Jenga game, the blocks that you pull out. Mm -hmm. And you heard Liz say she had all her blocks in the right order. And then there's one of them got pulled out, right? And we call it deconstruction. It's what happens. Your whole world gets deconstructed. So somehow we have to find a way to, to reconstruct that and put it back together. So as Madeline said, you have to understand that all of that is normal. Everything that you thought was constructed the way you constructed it is now up for question. Uh, what do I believe about the universe? What do I believe about God? What do I believe about anything? Now mm -hmm. suddenly gets called into question. And so you're not only trying to cope with this emotion of grief, there's this whole intellectual component about this. Uh, the, what, what do I believe about the world? What do I believe about the universe anymore? And that becomes a really big challenge. And how do you talk someone through that reconstruction of faith, whether it's the universe, God, whatever it is, 